Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Two here on the Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. We'll get into some Texas baseball. Talk already talked some Texas basketball, some Texas NBA basketball. Big fat poll of the day. Which Texas NBA team will win a title first? If you want to give me extra credit and win, you think that will be? Text that in on the text line. If you want to talk some Texas basketball, you can take that in too. 512-447-3776. We talked some Cowboys well. We'll get into that a little bit more here in the 5 o'clock as well. Hope you're all having a great Tuesday. I know it's Tuesday. I know it's the beginning of the week for some of you guys after President's Day yesterday. I know uh, some of you having to go back to work. We were working yesterday, so I'm already on a Tuesday. I'm already in. I told you already about the guy who got stabbed for asking if he could use a the leg press at the gym, and I don't know. I feel like I don't ever need to go to the gym again. It's too dangerous. It's too dangerous to go. I'll go to the gym again. Uh, but, yeah, if you didn't hear that story, there's a guy in North Austin stabbed a guy because he asked him uh, – he asked him uh, if he, you know, how much time he was he left on the the leg press, and he told him to to get lost. And then, uh, and then when they passed after he used the leg press, he stabbed him in the butt. Not a not a not a fun story. Not a fun story. They already caught the guy. He's like, I got out of prison for this. It's a it's a crazy story. But uh, that's why I uh, I tend to uh, just keep to myself at the gym. I don't talk to anybody there. Keep to myself. Have my headphones going. Can't hear anything. So it's it's what I do while I'm there. I I no try to get in no trouble while I'm at the gym. Uh, let's talk a little baseball. We'll get back to the text on here in a minute because I want to talk some Cowboys too with you guys. Uh, so you saw some good texts in there. Uh, we do know Texas baseball plays tonight, six thirty. Uh, first pitch. They are taking on Houston Christian. Houston Christian, not the same level of school as San Diego. Uh, not the same level of school as Texas. At least we hope not. Uh, Luke Harrison getting the start tonight. He played. Uh, he pitched on Saturday. Allowed one run, three hits, and had two strikeouts in two innings uh, on Saturday in that loss for Texas. Uh, fun part about Houston Christian: Lance Berkman, former Astro great, uh, is the coach for Houston Christian. So you'll see him coming over to Dish Falk tonight. Uh, should be a good matchup for Texas. First Tuesday night game of the year. Hopefully a big win. Uh, get them feeling good on a Tuesday going into the weekend. That'll be a good move uh, for Texas. But, yeah, uh, it, it shouldn't be a, a tough game, but it is baseball and anything can happen out there. Uh, so uh, Texas needs to go out there and handle some business uh, on a Tuesday. That's what we think needs to happen there. Text line's open if you guys do want to talk uh, some. Uh, we played you a little bit of hook em up talking about the Cowboys earlier. Uh, I'll give you a little, a little recap on some of these things. Uh, if you were not here in the 4 o'clock hour, uh, what, it, what they were talking about is first, uh, we talked some Jimmy Johnson and D- D- Jimmy Johnson uh, said today or said uh, a couple days ago, maybe yesterday on an interview with uh, WQAM, I believe, in Miami 560. 
Uh, he said a statement, and I'm going to read you the statement first because I think this is one of those statements that when you read it and then when you listen to it are two different interpretations. So we know what is said, and we, there's some good news about it, and there's some positives, but I think you need to read. So I'll read the statement. The restatement that it's this is what I first saw last night was uh, since the Ring of Honor, I'm on uh, Jerry Jones' advisory board now. Uh, Johnson said to Joe Rose on WQAM 560 AM in Miami. We were talking on the phone for about an hour after his Green Bay loss, and uh, he was talking about what he all needs to what he all needs to do because he has big decisions on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott, and everything is hunky dory now. I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys, and so you see that, and you're like, oh, there's an advisory board. Oh man, Jimmy Johnson's back on the advisory board. That could only mean good things for uh, for Jerry and for the Cowboys. And then I listened to the audio, and I think I may, may, it may not be quite what it seems, but it's still positive. But here's the actual audio from that interview. Well, since the Ring of Honor, Jerry and I, man, I'm on his advisory board now. We're <laughs> talking on the phone. I, I talked to him about an hour after his Green Bay loss, and, you know, he's talking about what all he needed to do because he's got had big decisions on Mike McCarthy and – Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Uh, so, but everything's hunky dory now. So I'm, I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. So I, the reality is, I do not think there's an advisory board, and if there is, Jimmy Johnson's not really on it. But he, what do you think he's saying? Is hey man, Jerry's calling me again. We're talking again. So he asked for some advice, and he asked what I thought about a few things. So it's still a very positive, but I do not believe there's an advisory board. I don't think that there's actually this board, and they're not clearly meeting because it was a, uh, you know, it was just a phone call. But it is somebody that now he can go to Jimmy Johnson and say, "Hey, man, what what do you think about these moves?" So it's a positive thing, but you have to take it with a grain of salt that he was saying the advisory board a bit more in a joking fashion that they were laughing about it. So it's a positive thing. I do not believe there's actually an advisory board though. Uh, but it was good news uh, for the Cowboys fans to see that Jimmy Johnson, someone that talked since into Jerry once upon a time and brought a lot of success to the Cowboys, may be able to go in there and talk to him a little bit more and get some success. We'll see. We know the Jerry Jones-Jimmy Johnson relationship is a is a uh, fragile one. We know when he came out and said Jimmy's going into the, the ring of honor and then it took forever and he put in Marcus Ware before him, and they did everything else before him. We know that that's not a relationship that is necessarily the most sound relationship where everything's okay, and we know Jerry's definitely going to keep calling Jimmy. I don't think there's any of that. There's no paychecks going back and forth. It's two old friends trying to rekindle a friendship, so it's a positive thing overall, but not necessarily best. But I want to know what you think about it. Maybe I'm way off. Maybe there is an advisory board, and they're all on Zoom, and they're doing it. I, I just don't think it on that message. But let me know what you think about that. And if you want to – the other piece we're talking about is Micah Parsons. Uh, he is now getting more and more flack. Uh, we played the clip earlier of uh, him on Stephen A. Smith show talking about when you know Demarcus Lawrence said they were tired and he said I don't like that and that's why I want to talk with Jerry Jones about uh about you know who we're keeping on this team and who you know who do we need to get rid of and who we need to get in here and, and all of that which it to me there's always it's always a red flag for me especially when players say it but when coaches say it and when people and when there's this point of oh that guy's not good enough get rid of him We'll get somebody better. And the thought is not, hey, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, he said we're all tired. Why don't we talk to him? Why don't we go have a meeting? Why don't we man-to-man go to each other and say, 
hey, man, wait, were you tired? Like, why are you saying that? And we'd, because maybe DeMarcus Lawrence goes, oh, well, I was kind of cough spot. I didn't really mean it. And I, I, like, I should have said the wrong – I said the wrong thing. You know, I want to go out there and win a title just like you. And if you're worried about the way they're playing the game, why are you not saying and trying to teach these players how to be better? You know, in the NFL, it's not like you can just, you know, move off of players and, and flip around and go get the best guy. You know, we know that's LeBron James. Again, we, I bring that analogy up because LeBron James would be the one, well, just go get the, the four other best players in the league and put them with me. You go, well, we can't afford that, and it's not possible to do. Oh, well, we just, we'll get the next best for them. You know, you can't, that doesn't always work. And so if Micah just wants to be like, well, just put me with the best other players, and that way I can do what I do best then I don't know if that's the right way to go. Now, I don't think Jerry Jones is listening to everything he says with, with, uh, with beta breath and, and will take all those suggestions to heart and, and make sure that everything that you know, Micah says uh, happens. But you know, I think if Micah Parsons had his way, he would draft incomplete. He would draft all people on defense. He would let go several people he didn't like as much. Anyone who talked bad about him would probably be let go. And, you know, that's just growing up uh, and you know, getting too much power away too early without winning anything. And that's the reality of the Micah Parsons situation right now is until you win anything, none of this other stuff means anything because all the stats and all that, that's great. But, you know, then you, you just end up, your career's over and you never accomplish anything because you weren't a team player, because you weren't the one trying to make everybody better. You weren't the one showing up at the gym and working out and then inviting people to come work out. And they've said that he's had, you know, special workouts. He's done some of these things. But that's what you need to be, and take the ones that you think are straggling behind. Still with the, the wolf pack mentality, that the, the best wolves travel at the very back to protect the ones that are dying off so you can have a full pack and you can have you know solidarity and make yourself stronger as a unit. You have to have that mentality if you want to go attack and, and win games, and that's where I think, in reality, that's not his job. That's the coach's job. You're hoping Mike Zimmer is going to walk in and not necessarily care as much and say, I'll use the relationship that Jerry Jones has. I'll use the fact that Jerry Jones is the guy who walks around, as Aaron said earlier, holds a stick. I'll use the fact that Jerry Jones is the guy that you're going to go and complain to. I don't care. I'm going to be the guy who tries to make you the best player you can be. I don't have to be your friend. Dan Quinn was your friend. I don't have to be your friend. I need to coach you to win. And that's what you're hoping you see with Mike Zimmer because that's what we've seen with him before. We've seen him build players up. We've seen him get the best out of players. That's what you hope to see with Mike Zimmer. Uh, let's get to the text on. Get what you guys think about this. Uh, we also got a little talk about the Texans. We'll get, get time. We'll get to that as well, but I want to get to your text messages. Uh, text says, great news about Jimmy Johnson back at the Cowboys organization. It's been well overdue, but at least Jerry Jones is finally putting the team first and his ego second. Uh, I will say just for that, for now, let's add for now. I hope it stays. But for now, because we know, we already know with Jimmy Johnson, he said he was putting him in the hall, the ring of honor, and it took time. And in between, there was some shots at each other in between. So all of this could be by next season. He could, you know, he could ask Jimmy Johnson who he would take in the draft. And Jimmy says, I take these four and I wouldn't take this. And Jerry takes the one he wouldn't. And Jimmy says, well, if you ain't going to listen, I ain't taking your phone call. And all that could happen. That's just hypothetical completely. But all that could happen. Or he could go out there and listen to Jimmy, and they go in a Super Bowl next year. <laughs> that's possible, too. So we're going to hope for the best. Uh, but that's I, I'm going to say, I won't say that he's for sure in. There's no job title. There's no money changing hands. And until there is a contract, uh, this can be broken off in any minute, any second. 
And uh, Texter also says, but as far as Longhorn basketball, it's like Chuck Daly. The Detroit Pistons used to say, I've got to have the defense. And look at what Kentucky just did to Auburn. Defensive leads to transition points and wins. I agree. I agree 100%. And I think that was kind of, you know, the build of this team this season was you wanted Dylan DeSue and Dylan Mitchell to really anchor a defense. Tyrese Hunter as a perimeter defender. You wanted him out there. You thought Dylan Mitchell would guard as a weak side uh, block shot blocker and a guy that could come out and play on the perimeter and guard guys on the perimeter as well. You thought you could have those three key pieces. You had Brock Cunningham and Caden Shedrick, both other guys you thought were going to be big pieces of your rotation defensively. And then Max Smith and Ron Holland were going to be your offensive pieces. And Ron Holland didn't end up coming. He went to the G League. And Max Smith, uh, you know, just hasn't been able to find it. And he did some points in the season. He's won them some games this season for sure. And he's probably lost them some games this season. Uh, but that was kind of the bank of the setup of it. You knew Dylan DeSue was going to get you some points as well, but you were building it around a couple guys that were going to score a lot of points for you. Uh, and it just, IT Horton was supposed to come in and be a knockdown shooter, shooting 45% from three. That didn't quite work out. Uh, so I think that there was a piece where the roster construction was one thing, and it just hasn't been enough of those players didn't work out this season. And that's kind of what happens when you hit the transfer portal now, is it's quicker than recruiting. Because in recruiting, you had to recruit guys, you know, and hope in three years they were going to get to where you need them to be. And now you're getting a guy in and, you know, you basically hit or miss every single season now. That's just what you have to do is you have to go out and try and play the, the, the transfer portal. Uh, but they're going to hit or miss every season. And this season, they just missed on too many guys. And Max Aismas is not a full miss. Again, Max Aismas, as much as I'm critiquing him and criticizing Max Aismas, I also fully know, and I'm hoping, I have all the hope and the drinking the hopium all I can, that Max A. Smith finds his shot in the next two weeks and all of a sudden is the biggest player in March Madness and, and sets records and puts up another 200 points in the next two weeks. I hope all of that. I really do. I don't know if it'll happen. I know he has the ability. I know he can score at a high level. If those shots start falling, because we've seen it this season, when he gets hot, he gets hot. So if he gets hot, that's what the hope is. But he just hasn't been able to do it at all consistently this season, and it's really hurt because I'm with you. The defense needs to lead the way, and the problem is when you're saying it, that it goes two ways. If you're missing every shot, you are now in transition defense all the time. You're not getting your defense set up, and it just compounds and compounds and compounds, uh, and it has not been the season for the Longhorns this season, unfortunately. Uh, Chan says... Uh, Let's say we'll go all the way back. Uh, what? Which gym? This was in North Austin, LA Fitness in North Austin. You can look it up online. This was a story from today of the gym where the guy got stabbed in the butt, but that was in LA Fitness in, in North Austin. Uh, and Dylan D is a monster. Max, congratulations on his 3,000-point milestone, but he turned over the ball passing like three times. He did. And Tyrese Hunter, he's not done great with turning the ball over two and, you know, points – and assists versus turnovers, both those guys have not been on the level they needed to be. Uh, air balls on a few occasions by Tyrese from the three-point line and a free throw by Dylan Mitchell. Both those were not great either. I agree with you there. And agree with you on driving the basket. Man, they were shooting like me. God, I'm very concerned. And the shot, you know, like shots can come back, but you can't rely on a shot anymore. Like Texas just can't rely on it because we don't know if it's going to be there. You have to keep trying to find ways to have consistency, and then hopefully you add that on. You win by 20. But you can't rely on, oh, all of a sudden it's going to come back. We'll be fine. Uh, and also, love the S show and spat going on in Dallas between Micah and Dexter. I <laughs> love it all. 
Uh, yeah, no, between uh, between yeah, but the Cowboys staying in drama in February. It's always hey, for someone who hosts a show every day. Uh, you know, you can't complain about it. Uh, Jimmy the Gringo says, "Good afternoon. My thoughts on Micah Parsons is simple. I think he needs to grow up a little bit, and he needs to put the team over himself. The whole podcast thing and talking about other teams during the season kind of makes me want to scream at the clouds. Let's go Raiders, Jimmy the Gringo. I do. I, I mean, I'm with that on too. I, I'm not against these team, these guys trying to have podcasts and trying to make money in other ways. But again, I want you to get you know acclimated to the league and where you're the guy and you're able to do these pieces." before you come out and start alienating teammates and really start trying to make yourself this polarizing figure when you're not the, you're not the top guy at your position. You could be. Everyone believes you could be the top guy at your position, but you're not. And, I mean, heck, people don't even know what your, your position is anymore because you want it to be one thing and the Cowboys want it another, and we get that part of this is money, but also part of it is they can't stop the run and you're the most athletic guy. Please go out and help us stop the run. Say no because I want to get paid, so I want to get that. And if you just want to get paid, are you really the guy to help win a Super Bowl? So there's questions to be asked. I think Michael wants the right things. I just think he wants too many of the right things, and you can't get everything. You know, you can't always get what you want. That is what Michael Parsons, he needs to listen to that song a few times. You can't get everything. Not everything. A lot of good things. Not everything. Another texter with our poll question. He says, Mavs in two years. They get a third superstar and pull it off. I would love to know who that third superstar and how they get him is. Because I feel like the draft is pretty much the only way. They've traded away a lot of their picks. Uh, in the free agency, they just don't have the money. So if you're getting a star, it's going to be really, really hard to get one to add to this team right now. That's kind of where you know they've just... Like the fact that you gave up a pick, you gave up a pick swap with San Antonio to get get the cap room to get Grant Williams, and then you traded another pick to get rid of Grant Williams. Those types of decisions have cost you in the long run of trying to be able to make this a long-term decision. Dexter says the Rockets will get one within the next four years. The coach is incredible, Derek. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Emei Odoka. I don't know if they'll get one within the next four years. They're going to have to uh, try and build it up a little bit more. They're going to have to try and you know find who their guy is because right now they don't have a guy. Uh, but if they can get a little bit more cap room, we know uh, Dylan Mitchell is playing pretty well for them. Uh, Fred Van Vliet's playing okay. If you can get a little bit more out of him. And then if Jabari Smith or Jalen Green really takes that next step, if uh, Shingun can start to play a little bit better defense, uh, become a little bit more of a team player, I think they have a lot of hope. And then we also know what Amin Thompson, uh, he's shown flashes of a lot of talent. If he can continue to grow, they're going to be a really hard team. They'll get kind of in that uh, Oklahoma City range. Uh, the, the big question with the Oklahoma City part is, do they have their SGA? Do they have their guy who's going to be the guy on that team? I think that's a question for Houston to figure out. <laughs> Text here, Omaha, Omaha, don't ask, bro. Yeah, I don't. I I'm not sure. I'm, I'm I can't. I can't see them all the time. Right when I'm saying them, uh, but I appreciate you texting in. Uh, Nate also says, "I hear excuses. It's not RT. Uh, I know you. I know you know the issue. In our time, we practice hard and we played hard. Fundamental drills get got so painful. Uh, no one does that anymore. And I'm not aiming at." Uh, I don't know, G-O-M-L. I'm not sure. I, 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 don't, I may miss that acronym, Nate. Uh, but all these kids uh, wouldn't know how to handle that. 
Uh, if it's an issue, let Micah go. We can get one more pressure in a playoff game with somebody else cheaper. No, I get that. I don't think you're going to let Micah go. I think now that it's a question of, you know, if he comes out and says, I, I need to be the highest paid player and I want to be higher paid than, you know, the next three guys and I want all this, then you have to let him go and say, you know what? It was great. We, we, you know, we thought you were going to be really great for us, but you don't want to be a cowboy. You want to make money and you want to be famous. And that's great, but that's never going to win us a championship. I don't think it's going to go that way. Uh, I hope Mike Zimmer kind of gives him a different opinion. He's basically had one coach since he's been there. Uh, I think that'll help him to have a little perspective with another coach uh, to let him know. I know he said too. Well, I know what the other these other teams they don't like it. I'm like, well, do you, uh, is the grass always greener? Is it always greener? And as far as drills and all that stuff, it sucks. But yeah, you just have to do stuff over and over again. And like, if it works, it works. Uh, I just, you know, there's a part of it of where you're going to grind. And when you look at great NBA players, every single one of them, when they couldn't hit shots, got to the free throw line. It sucks. It hurts. It hurts to hit the floor over and over again. But why do we love Kendall Weaver? Because that dude got clotheslined in the face, hit the ground, and got up and shot free throws. That's what that dude did. And so you say, that dude's willing to give up his body. You want to see everybody willing to give up their body for it. And, you know, it hurts. It sucks. It's not fun. It's a, it's a bad way to, you know, get in there. But that's – Trey Young wouldn't be Trey Young if he didn't shoot 20 free throws a game. Get to the free throw line. You have to have contact. And they're going to hit you hard because they know if they're fouling you, they might as well make it count. It's going to hurt. You have to do it, though, because that's the only way you're going to get consistently 20 points a game. And if you can't get 20 points a game, then you're not providing the service that we need. And that's the reality. If you go, well, I only hit two shots. That's fine. You can have 20 with hitting two shots. Lots of guys have done it. Get to the free throw line. That's all I'm saying. You got to get to the free throw line. Uh, who gets credit now when they win? Well, I'm not sure they are, but I think the team does. I think the team does. I it, Look, I get you're going to put flag on RT, and I get if it turns around, if it goes. But he's getting open shots, and he's missing them. What, what more do you want? Like, what, what more could RT be doing for him other than letting him shoot the ball 20 times a game and him hit two? What, what more can he do? I, I don't know what you want the coach to do. He's getting open shots. He's missing them. He will not go to the free throw line. He will not sacrifice his body. It's fine, but if you, you can't tell me he wants to get out of a shooting slump and he's refusing to go to the free throw line. You, I just Those two don't go together. Because every great, every great shooter, every great scorer goes to the free throw line. It's part of the game. And everyone does it. And if he's not willing to do it, that he's not, he's not going to be great. He can be really, really good. But he's going to be one of those ones like Doug McDermott that is, uh, you know, scored 30,000, you know, scored all these points because he could shoot really well on a lower league. He'll be one of those. I hope he's not. I hope he turns it up. I really do. And I know he has the talent to do it. He just has to make the decision, do I want to put my body on the line to be great and try and win, or do I just want to try and keep shooting and I'll shoot myself out of this slump and I'll get out of it? Oh, no, the season's over. That's the question. Uh, let's say right, we got a few more texts coming, so we'll take another quick break. We'll come back, get to more of the text line. Uh, when we come back here on the Sports Complex, keep those coming at 512-447-3776. Keep them coming here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn.
back on the Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. Text lines open, 512-447-3776. Love the text you're sending in. I will shout out to Dave Ram. I, I did misread your last text. <laughs> I appreciate you texting in. Uh, I said I was talking about Jerry and Jimmy. Who gets credit when the Cowboys win? Uh, again, I will stick with my answer. It's the players. It's the team will get the credit. Uh, we know it, who will take the credit is Jerry. That's we'll say takes the credit will be Jerry. I appreciate you, Dave. I'm always a good texter here on the show. Appreciate you there. Uh, texter says, uh, let's see. Dak will try too hard. McCarthy will try too hard along with uh, dissension within will produce a worse season than this one. I, I'm, I'm still on the I, – I don't think a worse season is necessarily the worst thing. I think the same season is the worst thing for the Cowboys. Like 12 wins and losing in the first two rounds of the playoffs is the worst thing for the Cowboys because that means all of your decisions are we either have to blow it up and, you know, we're just a 12-win team, and how do you blow up a 12-win team, and how do you fix that? And do you keep Mike McCarthy because he's winning you 12 wins. He's getting you 12 wins every season. But if he lo- if he wins nine, then, yeah, you fire Mike McCarthy. You move. You try and figure out. Now, I do think you should draft a quarterback this year, too. That's just my opinion. Uh, you know, and try and figure out if you're going to keep Dak. I know they're probably going to sign him to extension to make the, uh, the salaries work. Uh, I think it's, you know, probably the smartest move you can make, the right move. Uh, it, it may not be. It's not. It's not. It's the safest move. It's not the really fun move where you're going to risk it and you know you're paying fifty six and we're going to go try and throw it up against the wall and prove to me you're the best and then you'll get the you'll go make the contract, go win the MVP and win a Super Bowl and then I got to pay you all of this money. Uh, sure, that's a risky one, but. Uh, I think that you could kind of do that a little bit too. I think the safer move is you extend him and you try and figure out other pieces. You try and fix that defense uh, that it was really good last year at a lot of the season, but had its holes and had its problems. I think that's more what you do. Uh, but I don't. I don't necessarily think it's worse. I think they might be around the same again because I just don't know how many moves they can make with their salary cap being what it is. It's not a deal of effort or what they want to or anything like that. They're just kind of up against it salary cap wise. And I, you know, I'm not sure Jerry's going to be able to go out there or want to go out and really leverage his future uh, by really taking on some hardcore contracts and loading stuff out and signing guys to five year deals that are going to pay out for guys that are rentals for one or two seasons, like the Bills have done and the Rams did. Uh, I don't know if he's going to f them picks and try and go acquire the best talent and go get those guys. I don't know if he's going to do that. So if he doesn't do that, it becomes a little bit harder to you know make all those big moves. So I think it'll be around the same team. That's just my opinion. It may be worse. You may be 100% right. But uh, that's that's mine. Oh, Nate said, G-O-L-M-L is get off my lawn. All right. I got you. I got you. I like that, Nate. I, I it, You know, I, you, I, this is the sad part is I'm realizing you say the acronym, acronym G-O-M-L is and I say, get off my lawn with your get off my lawn acronym. It's, I don't like it. I just write the whole word out. I'm trying to read text here, Nate. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Wow, as an outsider to UT, I'm a bit amazed at how much anger and criticism there is after UT win. It's not, look, there's no anger. Uh, there's disappointment. It's disappointment. I don't want to come off as anger. Uh, I, I'm not angry at... Uh, and I get it, the, it, the problem was I watched the game, 
You know, you can say a win's a win. I watched it, man. And, you know, there's no moral victories. But, man, there are there are victories that don't feel like victories. And that was what it was last night. It was a win. You needed to have it. Hopefully it leads to something positive. But there was nothing in that game that made me walk away and say, we're going to win one of the next two. And it's Kansas and Texas Tech on the road. Those are two hard games. Texas really, really needs to pull out one of them. And I, it didn't give me a lot of confidence that it would. I know that there's talent in this team. I know there's ability in this team. Uh, it's just going to be, are they going to show up and do it? And they haven't done that enough right now. No, and I, and I, I get what you say. You say I watch it too, but I meant from listeners. And I don't think there's a ton. I'm also reading them. <laughs> you got to remember, the same way I talked about Jimmy Johnson, I'm reading them off. So sometimes they may sound meaner, uh, but it's just me. It's just me reading it. So maybe it's, it's me putting that on there. Uh, let's see. Uh, what is the point differential for the first five minutes after halftime for Rodney Terry coach team? If I'm not wrong, everybody thinks that's the most important five minutes of the game uh, after adjustments were made. Uh, that's when the coach earns his money. First of all, I would say it's four minutes. I know that's a silly thing, a silly adjustment, but I'll just explain this because it's a thing that not a lot of people think about. Uh, but they play the game in four minutes because every four minutes is a media timeout. So it's that's when they say the after 16, the after 12, the after eight, the after four. Uh, those are all media timeouts in college basketball. So they play those in four minute increments. It's not a, I'm not, it's literally just a thing that I'm just saying for the sake of saying it because uh, when you look at the game, you're looking at that first four to eight minutes. Basically, those first two timeouts, when you come out, you, and it's not necessarily adjustments, adjustments is part of it. You want to see the intensity and the energy because we've seen uh, Rodney Terry bring his team back out, or we'll give credit to the players more than that. Uh, that we've seen him come out in the second half and play with a lot more urgency and intensity, but they do that a lot more when they're down than when they're up. Uh, in this game, they came out and weren't necessarily, there was never any urgency in this game. It felt like there was some at the end, but not necessarily where you wanted to see it all the time. And I don't know the number off the top of my head. I have to go look it up. I'll see if I can find it at uh, some point tonight, tomorrow. Uh, one and done is like kissing your sister, unless you're from Oklahoma or Arkansas. No, it's the same if you're there. You know, it, it was fun, but now, you know, the rest of your life, you got to live with it. I don't know if that works. I don't have a sister, so I'll, I'll get away with it for that. I don't have a sister. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. My man, Chan. Uh, also, like your take at the uh, – perhaps Max has lost his legs now uh, that he's playing the grind against Gauntlet's against a Big 12 uh, tw- conference. Thoughts? I don't, I don't I wouldn't necessarily say that. I, I imagine he's a great – you know, he's a, he's a graduate transfer. I'm, I'm assuming he's still got some legs. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's necessarily a step slower – uh, they're not all coming off. The, like some of them are going long still. It's not necessarily they're coming off. It's just the stroke's not there right now. The confidence isn't there. Uh, also, like your take at the end of the Texas men's basketball season, uh, what change in team makeup uh, shall our team make after the season? Bigger guards that can also defend. I think he's going to go a lot younger. That's. I think you just have to go a little bit younger. I think they were trying to stretch out this season. Uh, I think they really wanted to. Uh, you know, push the boundaries of this seat, like see how far they could push this season. Uh, they went Dylan DeSue was coming back and Dylan Mitchell and uh, Tyrese Hunter. I think they felt like they were going to be able to bring in a couple people and bring it to this next level, especially you get Max Asmus. And I think their plan was, well, we're going to go try and, you know, recreate the Elite Eight. And it just didn't come back together the way they thought it could have. 
Uh, but I think next year when you bring in Trey Johnson and and Cam Scott and uh, uh, Nick Cody, some of those young guys, I think they'll play a little bit more. Chris Johnson will get more playing time. Some of those young guys, I think we'll see a lot more playing time for young guys. We may not. They may get the best transfers in again, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if they went a little bit younger next season uh, to try and do that. <laughs> and R-Dub says, you angry, vicious man, you. Yes, very much. Uh and uh, Daydrager77 says, uh, a win is a win. What do you call a doctor with a C average? Yeah, uh, it's exactly. That's, it's kind of what it is. It is what it is. Uh, let's uh, play this sound real quick. Uh, I want to play a little bit of Rod Babers going behind the burnt orange curtain. Actually, you know what? I don't think we have time for it. I don't think we have time for it, so I'll tell you what we'll do. Uh, we'll pivot, and we'll go to the Texans because we don't have time for that. Uh, we'll go to a uh, little Texans talk uh, before we take a break and wrap up the show. And we'll get back to the text line, 512-447-3776. You guys keep sending in text. We'll come back to that in just a minute. We'll hit this so we can have a little bit more time for text at the end. Uh, I do want to talk to you about uh, the Texans and the draft and some stuff I'm starting to watch in the draft. I'm starting to look out more at the mock draft, starting to see where people are looking, reading some of the stuff about the Texans and Cowboys, where these teams may be going to, uh, what they're kind of looking for in positions. And something I keep seeing for Texans, uh, and a lot of these drafts is wide receiver in the first round. Adonai Mitchell's being thrown around a lot in those. We've seen uh, Brian Thomas Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU. That's another guy who's being thrown around in there. We've seen some pack. Uh, I know I know someone had a Dunze going there, but I don't think he gets down to 23. I don't know why they put him in there. Uh, uh, you know, and then maybe you get somebody like a Lad McConkey if you get him in the second round. Or, uh, but I've seen Adonai Mitchell thrown around a lot in that pick. I've seen a lot of people saying wide receiver. I don't know if that's a first-round pick decision for the Texans right now. Uh, you know, we saw what happened with Nico Collins last year where he really came into his own, and his stats will show you that in his numbers, when you especially look at some advanced analytics, he really, really had a good season. Uh, I think if Tank Dell is able to stay healthy, he'll have a really good season. I wouldn't use that first-round pick at 23 uh, for another wide receiver right now. If it was my pick, uh, I'd look somewhere else. But I, I've seen a lot of people going that way. It feels like they're going more on – when Texas wide receivers all got hurt, that that was a need. And in reality, I don't know if that's as much of a need as some other places. Another place like that is O-line, where a lot of people are going at Texas needing a, a O-line and saying that everyone was bad except for Laramie Tunsil. I think Juice Scruggs had an okay season uh, for a rookie and all the injuries he dealt with and having to be moved around. I'm not mad at Juice Scruggs if he stays uh, at the center position uh, Titus Howard was not terrible. He had injuries, got moved around a ton. He'll be over at right tackle. Laramie Tunsil's at left tackle. I think you spent a lot of draft capital and money on that position. So if you really want to move anything, you may want to go with another guard, uh, but you can probably try and pick one of those up in free agency uh, and not necessarily use another draft pick on offensive line, especially in the first round. If there's not a guy that's really there, if you don't want to take a guard in the first round, uh, that may be where you want to end up there. So it takes away those two positions of that's probably not where I go if I'm the Texans in the first round. Maybe it will be. They're picked 23 in the first round. That's a Cleveland's pick. Cowboys are 24, by the way. So both those guys are going to be picking right by each other. They could still try and trade up. They could trade down. Those are also picks, too, that you could have. Uh, if I'm the Texans right now, you do look at a couple different positions on the defensive side. Uh, I think the linebacker position you could address. I'm not going to address it in the first round. The off-ball linebacker, I don't know if you're going to be able to find the guy uh, in that first round, so I would say push that back a little bit, try and take a few linebackers maybe a little bit later in the draft 
maybe sign a linebacker. That may be where you want to go with that. But you also have to go D-line and secondary. Now, the secondary, a lot of people have been saying uh, that they'll go secondary. They give the kid Ennis from Missouri that a lot of people are having them pick uh, if he falls to them uh, at DB. That is probably the most needed position for the Texans long-term to bring in some help uh, in that secondary. Derek Stingley Jr. has had a pretty good season this year after his second year. Uh, but you're going to need some more help. You know, Steven Nelson is out there. He's getting a little older. Jimmy Ward you had is getting a little older. Uh, some more help in that secondary would probably be a big help for this Texans team. So if you look over there, uh, the D-line, there's not probably going to be a great edge at 23. Most of your top edges are going to be gone. So if you want to take an edge there, you can. You can look at some different people at the edge position there to pair up. Uh, if you're going to let Jonathan Grenard go and pair him up and have two young edges with Will Anderson, but I'm going to go out there. 23 may be too high, so you may trade down, but I think, I know I'm a homer, but I think Tavondre Sweat could really help out a Will Anderson. If we saw what Will Anderson did at Alabama when he had a really great interior D-line versus when that interior D-line was a little bit lower, the interior D-line for the Texans is not great right now. Adding a guy who can swallow up two offensive linemen every single play, who can also give you some rush in, who can also help stop the run, Everything Tavondre Sweat can do, and we know some people don't think he's going to be able to do that at the next level as well as he did in college when he's going up against bigger and bigger men uh, in the offensive line. We know what he did at the Combine. There's some people that don't have that faith in him. I'm a Longhorn fan, so clearly I got the faith in Tavondre Sweat. That's an interesting pick, especially if they could trade down, get another pick out of it, and still get Tavondre Sweat near the end of the first round. Uh, Could be an interesting pickup uh, for the Texans. I like that one there. And then I'll throw in the tight end position as another maybe outlier. There's almost no chance Brock Bowers falls all the way to 23. Uh, You pretty much figure if he falls to 18, the Bengals would love to pick him up and pair him with Joe Burrow and try and create something there. But that tight end position, Dalton Schultz is doing well. But if you were able to get one of the top two tight ends, I'll say top two because you know what? We're homers. Uh, I'd say Brock Bowers, if you get him, yeah, you have any shot to get Brock Bowers, you pair him with a C.J. Stroud, and you build that relationship going forward with those two guys. That's your third wide receiver right there because now you have somebody that you feel you can use over and over again uh, for a guy who's a really smart passer in C.J. Stroud and knows how to check down at the right points. I say Brock Bowers, if you can find him, if he falls to the you know past 15, 16, and you can find that right trade to get up and get him, I think that could be a really, really good uh, comparison. But if you don't, maybe around the beginning of the second round, you know, maybe you go out and you try and get a Jatavion Sanders and you figure if you can make him work there, he still needs to learn how to block a little bit better to be the guy you need him to be. But we know what he could do at Texas. And you put C.J. Stroud and Jatavion Sanders together, that could be a really good team. I think instead of a wide receiver, I may be looking at tight end. I know Dalton Schultz is there. They're going to have to re-sign him. He's a free agent. But if you can add somebody young, when you see those top quarterbacks of all time and you think, man, you know, Tom Brady when he had Gronk and and Patrick Mahomes now with Kelsey, and even when you look at Lamar Jackson winning two MVPs with Mark Andrews and what he does at the tight end position, those guys that have tight ends that are that constant out that can pick up those first downs and keep moving the chains to allow you time, push the coverage in a little bit to allow a Nico Collins or a Tank Dell to get open downfield. That's something I'd be looking at. Just me, I know. And then, you know, then the conversation with uh, Dalton Schultz isn't, does you, do you want to give Dalton Schultz, who's had some injury issues, a two, three-year deal, 
or do you want to try and get that guy when there's a couple of tight ends that I feel could be big impact players in the NFL in Brock Bowers and Tavondre Sweat? Let me know what you think. Or it's not Tavondre Sweat, JT Sanders. Tavondre Sweat I like too. But I'm a homer about that. Let me know what you think on the text line, 512-447-3776. Let me know what you think about that. we got to take a quick break to wrap up the show, get to a few more texts here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk, and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Back on the sports complex to wrap things up here. Last call here for your text messages, for your uh, your conversation. We appreciate everybody joining the conversation today, playing along on the big fat poll of the day. P O L L guys, P O L L. Very important. <laughs> we got all that. I uh, hope you're gonna have a great Tuesday night, enjoying it. Texas already played. Uh, Texas baseball does have their game tonight at six thirty, so you can enjoy some Texas baseball. Uh, Texas basketball is already played. Texas women's game is tomorrow, I believe. So a uh, little break there. For you, if you know, you know, you don't want to have a heart attack. Hopefully, Texas the football baseball team. I know what sport it is. Uh, won't give us a heart attack. A couple more texts. Uh, WPI parts guy says T sweat to Houston. All for that one. Uh, we got a random texter number sixty nine says uh, twist on the pole. Does the Texas men's basketball team win a championship first ahead of the Pro Three? And who might that be? I mean, I I wouldn't go there yet because college basketball is just a hard one, and Texas has never won it. Uh, so I wouldn't go there first, but that's, you know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Chan says, PD, love the Homer Longhorns homerism for the Texans, of course. And uh, we always love. Uh, uh, by the way, I always really enjoy your show. Thank you. I appreciate that. I always appreciate uh, someone giving some kind words here on a day. Nate says, have a good night, Patrick. I'll try. I'll try and go out there and have a good night for you, Nate. You know, I'll try not to get stabbed at the gym or get in too much trouble so we can come back tomorrow and do it all over again. Uh, we may get into what the, the Cowboys are looking at the draft tomorrow. You know, keep it keep it fair and balanced here. There's one thing, the sports complex, we're homers and we're fair and balanced. Those two things can be coinciding, right? Appreciate all you guys on the text line. Appreciate you guys playing along. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I really, really do. I mean that wholeheartedly. Uh, so why don't we uh, hang up for the night? Come back tomorrow and do it again. Tell them, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more from the Sports Complex.